in displaying the psychology of your characters, minute particulars are essential. God save us from vague generalizations. Anton Chekhov You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Holt. And I'm Lee Esses. And yes, God save us from vague generalizations. Our topic today is going to be talking about the flaws of your characters. Next episode, we're going to be talking about strengths. And both of these really influence the realism of your character. To have a good character, you have to have developed flaws. We've talked on this podcast extensively about flaws, and so we will try to keep this episode to like one episode length and not a whole season. But this is one of the most important things you can do to not only make your character likable, make them realistic, make them interesting, is to make sure those flaws are in there. And they need to be specific. You can't just be like, oh, well, she's clumsy. That's not how it works. Susan Behrman, who wrote Fall Out of Love with Your Main Character, which is great advice, by the way. Yeah, (laughs) it really is great advice, said this. Good fictional flaws should be more than superficial. They should be genuine and difficult to overcome. Good flaws tend to be more psychological than physical, although they can certainly have physical manifestations. This is such good advice. Flaws are almost always psychological. And talking about the relationship between psychological and physical I had a character who had a scar across half of her face. It was the source of her power, but she also hid it constantly because she hated that facet of herself. Nobody else in the world cared at all. She was the only one who cared. But it defined who she was. And the flaw wasn't that she was scarred. The flaw was that she felt herself unworthy because of her physical appearance. The same can happen if your character is a breadwinner and loses the job. That idea of your identity being torn from you is traumatizing. And a weakness, hopefully when, the bad guy does that. When you are developing a character's flaws, think back to the nature and nurture arguments that we talked about in the last two episodes. A lot of the time, those will influence what kind of flaws they have. Do they have a crippling fear? Why? Do they have an inclination toward violence? Why? And again, get specific with it. It's not just about them being afraid of rats. It's about them being afraid of rats, climbing under their skirts, crawling up their legs, and trying to get into their shirt, clawing their way in. There is a specific trauma associated with that. We don't necessarily have to know what it is, but... Even seeing a rat across the room, it's not, ooh, rat, it's, ooh, I'm going to avoid that because I don't want this specific thing to happen. I personally hate mice because when I was probably about eight or nine, I had a mouse in bed with me and it crawled on my neck and it decided to burrow on my neck and it freaked me out and I've hated mice ever since. That's a flaw of mine. I hate mice. I will see one and freak out because mm -mm, that's not getting anywhere near my face. (laughs) (laughs) 
There's a Joss Whedon TV show that only ran for like two seasons, but it was very interesting to watch from a storyteller's point of view. And that TV show is called Dollhouse, where they were programming people to become somebody else. And it wasn't necessarily an exact replica of somebody else. They would take this person's mentality and this person's training and this person's physique and combine them, mash them together, wire them so that they think they've always been this person. So in the first episode, I believe it was, they needed the main character to be programmed to be the perfect hostage negotiator so that they can get this kid back. Turns out this hostage negotiator has glasses and asthma because those are parts of the personality that needed to come with in order to make this perfect character. These flaws must exist in order for a character to be perfect, which sounds like a contradiction in terms, but it's not. If you're having a difficult time coming up with specific flaws, a great resource for this is Dungeons and Dragons or Pathfinder. They have a system in there when you're building a character to choose flaws. And they are very specific, and it helps define how that character will react in certain situations. So we're just going to list out a couple of options. The first one is chivalrous courtesy. You despise raising your hand against those of the opposite gender. This can be really problematic if you get into a fight with somebody of the opposite gender, and your life depends on it. But you really struggle to fight back. My favorite place that I've seen this applied was in the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. One of the evil exes that he has to fight is a female, and she keeps trying to attack him and he's dodging. Ramona is saying, you need to fight, and he's like, I can't hit a girl. So she starts using his hands to fight for him and, you know, (laughs) kicking his feet up to kick her, and it's very fascinating It's such good choreography, but it was so fun to see it because it was a unique use of this, that he had to be the one to defeat the ex, but he would not hit a girl. One of my favorites, City Slicker. You suffer from a lack of experience in the wilderness. So, of course, as the malicious storyteller that I am, where does the story take place? Can you guess? Straight to the woods. Yep. The next one on our list is Coward. In dangerous circumstances, you are likely to run away. If you have a character who is a coward, they are never going to be the fight instigator. They are never going to be around for very long. They are going to find every possible avenue to get away. If this character is the chosen one to rescue the world, and they don't want to fight the evil emperor, this becomes an interesting flaw to try to apply to your story. One that's super fun to apply to pretty much anyone is curious. You are easily distracted by the sights and sounds around you. If you need a character to help drag your main character into trouble, having a sidekick that is curious and is like, oh, oh, that's pretty. I'll, I'll be right back. Ooh, shiny. Yes. And then the main character has to like chase after them, arms flailing, going, wait, wait, stop. It becomes an interesting character flaw. One that I had on a D&D character was really fun. It was forgetful. If I was ever in a room for longer than an hour, I would leave something mundane behind. This would be so much fun to see in a character that they are forgetful. You're leaving out the best part is that you're a thief. Oh, yes. (laughs) I was rogue. I would steal things and then leave them behind. (laughs) Like She was terrible with like leaving trace evidence. Because it'd be like, oh yeah, my my business card, I left that there. Oops. 
So that would be just a fun thing to apply to a character is just being forgetful. Do they leave stuff around all the time? Do they forget where they put something? And of course, gullible. It's a fun one to apply to your characters in some way. They're likely to believe anything. And so it's really easy to pull them into traps. And they make the wrong friends, I think, is one of my favorite aspects of the gullible character flaw. The biggest thing about all of the flaws across the board, anything we've talked about today, is that your villain must exploit them in some way. Whatever your flaw is, your villain has to, one, figure it out, and that can be a scene in and of itself, and two, screw with your character because of it. A lot of your second act is your villain using Megara to influence Hercules in some way because they figured out his flaw is like most men. (laughs) Flaws have to play a role in your book. They have to play a role in the development of your character. Are they inhibited by their flaw? Are they slowed down by it? Is it something that they have to overcome in order to accomplish their goal? Are they the chosen one, but a super coward that somehow they have to come over their fear of getting into a fight in order to defeat the villain? So if my character has healing abilities and can breathe underwater and has vampire teeth, if their flaw is they kind of bite their lip while they're thinking, that counts, right? No, because it's not actually inhibiting them from doing anything. That's not something that the villain can exploit. So that can be... As listeners and authors, that can be your litmus test, is if this is a viable flaw, the villain can exploit it in some way. Being an introvert or an extrovert is not a flaw. It is a character personality. They may struggle a little bit if they're an introvert and they have to go out and adventure, like a hobbit, but it is not a flaw that they have to overcome. It is just a part of who they are. Flaws also go hand in hand with the character's strengths. We're going to talk more about their strengths, types of strengths, things that you can use, why your villain should be stronger in the next episode. And until then, write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 